What up? <clears throat> Man, that's deep there. Take your butt to the library. Yeah, go on, take your butt to that library. Y'all here marching with us. And yeah, uh, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah. Muhammad is his messenger. I would like to greet you all with the greeting words of peace. We say in the Arabic language of assalamu alaikum. Oh, we gotta we in for a treat this morning. Man, I we we gonna be listening to a lecture that I don't think I seen before. I don't think I seen this in here before. And a lot of y'all elders, you know, y'all probably have seen y'all probably was there on the scene, but I I ain't seen this in here before. So we're gonna do we're gonna watch a lecture titled I'm better than you. Mm. Now we know this that that is the spirit, you know, of Satan or the devil at the time when he said, Hey, I'm made of fire and you made of dust. So if you're in that position where you feel like you better, he said, the moment you start to say, I'm better. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we're going to hear this out for those who are new uh, on the power call this morning. Uh, how this typically goes, man. We watch the lecture. We read something, some aspects of the teachings or self-improvement. And then at the end, we all share our perspective about what we got from it. What did we pick up? What did we see? And... um if you're watching maybe on Facebook or YouTube right now, you can come on over to the Power Call. Hop on in the Zoom by going to www.thepowercall.net and uh, you'll go up under events and then it'll give you the Zoom link. Uh, it'll give you the Zoom link right there. Also, today is Thursday. I don't know how many of y'all are, are, are striving to attend your local Muhammad Mosque tomorrow raise your hand okay i know you can't raise your hand so if you raise your hand at your house uh go to www.noistudygroup.com and uh we'll we'll reach out to you and let you know where your location is uh and based on where your location is you know you can you know you can go there and then we'll give you the instructions that you need to sign on the sign-in sheet to let them know that i was the one who invited you out to come on out there in person. So if you are not a registered member and you want to go check out Study Group for the first time, go to noistudygroup.com. Uh, do it now. Do it Do it before the lecture even ends so we can get your information and, and try to reach out to you and find out where you're at as soon as possible so that we can get you in there tomorrow at 7.30, okay? All right, here we go. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is but one God, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet all of you, my dear beloved brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace spoken by all the prophets, from Abraham, Moses, to Jesus, to Muhammad, Whenever they met their disciples or left their disciples, they always said, peace be with you. Yes. And so in greeting you tonight, I use those same words, peace be with you, assalamu alaikum. First of all, I must say, 
that I am so overwhelmed by this wonderfully warm, loving reception of me in a city that I haven't been to in a long time. But I'm so happy to be here to see your smiling faces and to see so many wonderful persons that I have known from the past and so many new faces that I hope God will bless me to get acquainted with. I want to thank uh, our pastor, the Reverend H.L. Harvey and the members of New Friendship Baptist Church, the choir, for permitting us the privilege of standing in this beautiful house of God to bring this message to you. I wish to thank Sister Mzinga and all of the sponsoring groups that allowed their names to be used as the sponsors of this message tonight. I was given a subject, uh, politics without economics, a symbol without substance. I'm going to speak a little on economics tonight, but I kind of felt a spiritual move. I, uh, I, I will include economics in the lecture, but I think our problem is spiritual in nature. Economic realities of our poverty and our nakedness and our want in the midst of plenty is because of another kind of poverty, the poverty of the spirit the poverty of knowledge. So Jesus said, blessed are the poor. How is a poor man blessed? You cannot say when you wake up in the morning with no money to satisfy your needs that you are blessed. But why did Jesus say, blessed are the poor? It is because from out of the ranks of the poor would come the greatest blessing of all, the Messiah himself. And it is because the poor are poor and are in need of that which will feed their minds and their souls that they may feed themselves the physical bread they needed somebody who would bring them the bread of heaven. All right. Manna from heaven, as the scripture calls it. So, even though Jesus took the fish and the barley loaf and fed the multitude, mm -hmm. he yet said, man cannot live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. It is in the proper feeding of the mind, the proper 
feeding of the soul, the proper feeding of the spirit, when that is done, we can feed our body. But as long as the mind is messed up, as long as the spiritual needs of the people are not met, and as long as the church and the schools and the institutions that are the stewards of the Spirit of God are not feeding the people properly, then we will be in the house of God hungry. And we will be in the house of God undernourished, in the house of God diseased, in the house of God weak, and degenerate and so we start in the house of God as this is where judgment will come first and we say as Jesus said to Peter lovest thou me well if you do show me by doing something not praising me if you love me feed my sheep then he said it one more time he said do you love me Peter and Peter of course you know I do Lord and then he reiterated feed my sheep and then he asked the third time driving his message home lovest thou me feed my lamb now what did he mean what is it all about you didn't come here tonight from the colleges from the universities from the streets from your homes just to hear a brother talk about the government talk about white folk talk about how bad things are you came because you know something about your brother that your brother will not let you go out of here tonight spiritually undernourished my sheep bear with me I'm not going to be long how many of you understand that we are born into the world from sperm mixed with ovum to start a journey that begins from nothing and ends when with a meeting with the creator that's the journey of life from sperm to God from sperm to the manifestation of the divine being in our own being not that you should just be a fireman a policeman a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a scientist, a fighter, a karate expert, a singer of songs, a preacher of the word. No! 
These are cheap goals that are very easily attained. But the real goal of life is for each one of us to evolve to become the manifestation of God on earth. and then ask you and me how close we are to getting to our potential, then we'll understand why Jesus said, feed my sheep. Because when you feed your body, your body grows. When you feed your mind, the mind grows. When you feed the spirit of the man, the soul and the mind, that person can evolve into a manifestation of God himself. Now there may be some Muslims who say, no, that is not true, but I will take the very Quran and prove my point. If you believe in the Bible, I'll take the Bible and prove my point. And if you disbelieve, I'll prove it from nature and nature's laws. You will not get away tonight. in you that speaks to you when you're about to do something that is not right and a voice comes up out of you not from your neighbor not from your pastor not from your mama but right up from inside of you like a small voice saying, don't do that. <laughs> a little girl one day came to me. She was about 12 years old. She had had sex with a little boy. And our law says that whenever fornication is committed, that person must be put out of our society for a period of time until they reform themselves of that conduct. I didn't know how to deal with the little girl. Because she was a little girl and she said, my mama never taught me about sex and I just fell into it. So I said, I better take this to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So when I took the case to him, he looked at me and said, brother, don't you let that little girl put you in that kind of trick. <laughs> he said, you go back and ask the little girl, where did she do this act? And if she did it in the light, she didn't know. But if she went to find some dark hiding place to do this act, she didn't need her mother to tell her. Nature told her that what she was doing was wrong. So you can't say ignorance of the law is no excuse. It is no excuse because nature itself teaches right from wrong. There is a still, small voice of the divine being that is in every one of us. Some of us call it conscience.
some of us call it the voice within, but actually it is God himself on the inside of us trying to grow us up that we may meet with the source of that voice. Follow me now. Listen. That voice within is like a messenger of God warning us, rebuking us, reproving us, admonishing us, and guiding us if we would. But listen, sometimes when the voice speaks against our personal desires, we try to shut it up. And then we use the tricks of knowledge. This is called the serpent that already knows God's instructions, but are trying to interpret those instructions in a way that you will do your will and put God's will down. Follow me now. Y'all all right? I know you didn't expect me to go this way. But above all that I am, I am striving to be a man of God. Above all that you hear about me, I'm not a preacher of hate or anti-this or anti-that. I am a man that is striving to emulate the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and to be a man of God. Please follow what I'm about to say. Have you ever wondered when God says in the Bible he created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and God said let there be light and there was light and God created the firmament and the heavens and he created all of the creatures and then in the 26th verse of Genesis he said let us make man not in my image but in our image after our likeness look at this now then after he makes the man He sees the man is alone, don't want him alone, so he gives him a woman. Then, after he gives him the woman, he gives him instruction. Don't do this. What did he tell him not to do? Don't eat of this tree in the midst of a garden. All of the others you can eat from, but not this one. He said, the day you eat the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. Then he leaves. And as he leaves, the serpent comes up to eat. Where did this serpent come from? How did the serpent know what God had instructed Adam and Eve to do? 
He was there listening all the time. But he couldn't make his appearance until after God left. That's the way it is with you and with me. You see, the serpent of self is always there listening to divine command. And as long as an outside person of strength is contacting the inner person of strength, you can hear the word of God. But when that outside force is gone, then the serpent of self that heard the words of God and has a contrary desire begins to interpret God's word to make you think that you can do something else and get away with it. And look, you do this every day. Every day. I'm speaking to you now. And you know, if I speak the truth, you say the man is right. But the serpent is quiet. Not a snake, because snakes don't talk. It is a certain part of your own intelligence that whispers in your own mind against the good and the straight path that God directs. But that crooked self of yours and mine cannot whisper while the strength of God is present. While mama is present giving you instruction, you don't say, hey, do that. Mama's forceful and watchful. You say, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. All right, mama. All right, daddy. Okay, okay. The minute they're out of sight, then something else comes up. They say, you don't have to do that. You can do this. And then if what they suggest is more in harmony with what you desire, you put your desire ahead of your mother's desire, our desire ahead of God's desire, then we become self-willed. But when we do it, we have to do it in the name of God, in the name of Mama. Well, I misunderstood. I, I didn't quite hear. Or I was doing something. What did you say? Oh, I didn't understand it that way. Go ahead, sir. You're looking for a devil too high yeah. or too low All right. and a God too high. Your problem in mind is right within ourselves. Right. And until we can spiritually grow up out of the shouting mode, the moaning mode, the whooping mode, and grow up out of the silly childlike expressions of our love for God and dig deep into the Word and into ourselves, then we can become spiritually mature and begin the journey to God, which will make us exactly what God intended for us to be. And that's why he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Now listen carefully. Adam is told by God, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. The serpent says, no, man. You're not going to die, baby. Your 
eyes are going to come open. You see, God is tricking you. He's trying to keep you from seeing like he sees, that you can grow up to be a God like him. See, the serpent is making a false interpretation of God's word, damaging the perception of the hearer of the word. Boy, this is something now. And when Adam ate of the fruit, it appears from reading the scripture that God lied. Because he didn't die. Or did he die? His eyes came open and he died at the same time. What do you mean his eyes came open and he died at the same time? He was fed by God, directly by God, and God breathed into him. Huh? The breath of life. And he became a living soul. That means that the inspiration, the wisdom that God put in him, he was alive in the spirit and will and way of God. But the moment he disobeyed God and ate that which he was forbidden to do, he died in the upper region. He died spiritually and his eyes came open to a world of the lower self, governed by the appetite, governed by lust and greed. Huh? So he died in the mind of God and he came alive to the underworld from the navel down. Do you understand? Now look. Y'all all right? The scripture says Adam died. And the sin of Adam became the sin of the whole world. Therefore, all men have sinned and all men have died. So in Adam, all die, and in Christ, all shall be made alive. What does that mean? Come on. I said, man, I didn't expect this cat to come off like that. Now, I'm going to get to what you want to hear. But this is what I want to say. And I want to say it. I want to say it to Christians and Muslims and nationalists and pan-Africanists and socialists and educators and people who just don't have too much respect for God or the wisdom of the Bible and the wisdom of the Quran. I want you to follow me very carefully now. All in Adam died. Man, think about that. You're alive, but you're functioning from the underworld. You have never really seen yourself in the divine awakening of yourself. So you only know low man, low woman. You don't know divine man, divine woman. Because even though you're in the church, even though you're in the choir, even though you can sing, 
even though we can preach the word, we are not what we should be. Therefore, the scripture says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. God made man to be his glory, but man has fallen short of the glory of God. So where is man and where is woman? You are not equal to the cockroach. I'm getting pretty low here. And I tried to pick something that you don't like at all. Reagan is not equal to the cockroach. He's the president of the United States. But couldn't be the president of a cockroach colony. Now wait, wait, wait. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just making a statement. See, the cockroach is doing what God intended for it to do. The flea is doing exactly what God intended for it to do. The bee is doing what God intended for the bee to do. Everything that lives and breathes is acting in accord with the nature in which it is created except man. Man has fallen down and now is worthy to be destroyed. All men, not just white men, but hell black men, African man, you are hell of a long way from what God intended for you to be. A long, long, long way. And unless you wake up and recognize who you are and where you're supposed to be and get about the journey, you ain't got no future on this earth. Africa don't have no future. The Caribbean don't have no future. The white man don't have no future. Nobody has no future. I'm not here to represent no racist God. Who's gonna save a bunch of niggas? I want you to listen good. In case you think blackness is gonna get you out of it. Or Africanness is gonna get you out of it. Unless you come up out of where you are where the enemy of God has put you, then you will never see the new world that is coming in. You will die on this side because this kind of garbage, human garbage, should be relegated to the dung heap. You are not yet where you should be. I'm sorry, that's right. But this is the message that I have to give you tonight. Wait a minute, Farrakhan. Are you referring to us as garbage? What is garbage? Something used up. And the value of it is extracted and it is cast aside. What are you in this society? Come on. Come on. What are you to yourself? 
forget about the way white people look at you. How do you see yourself? You don't have no respect for yourself or your people. You got a whole nasty attitude toward one another. We have to fight like hell. Wait a minute. We have to fight like hell to make you brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church. This hell in the church, hell in the mosque, hell in the synagogue, hell in the cathedral, hell in the pool room, hell in the NAACP, hell in the AAPIP, hell in the nation of Islam, hell everywhere. fish of the sea and every creeping thing that crawls upon the earth the Holy Quran says it a little different and when thy Lord said to the angels I am going to place a ruler in the earth the angels said will you place in it such as create mischief and cause the shedding of blood then the angels realized what they said and then they recognized God's holiness and they said we celebrate your praise and extol your holiness and God said surely I know what you know not that has many interpretations one given by the honorable Elijah Muhammad is the coming into the earth of a new man a Caucasian who would create mischief and cause the shedding of blood and he has done that and then some and he has been a ruler in the earth by God's permission he was made to rule and he has ruled contrary to the law and will of God we can't deny that he's created mischief and he's caused the shedding of blood is that right? sure it is but now let's look at a deeper meaning, if you can take it. In our growth toward God, 
in the natural process of that growth, we make mischief. Like little children make mischief in the natural process of their growth, but they grow out of it. And that's why Paul said, when I was a child, Come on. I thought like a child, I spake as a child, because I understood as a child, but when I became a man, you see, I put away those childish things. Well, when you look at color and glory in color, that's immature. The white man is immature. He really is a child here. A crazy child. A sick child. He went about the earth making everybody dark believe that dark skin was a badge of inferiority, therefore white skin was glorious, sick, mischievous, bloodshedding, because the Caucasian went into everybody's land, subjugating the darker people of the world and saying to the darker people of the world, I am better, not because I am, I am better because I'm white. So in response to him, it is necessary now to teach you the value of your color. Because in 6,000 years, and particularly this last 400 years of miseducation, the white man has made us to hate what God made us physically and naturally. So now somebody has to reverse the process and teach us the value of ourselves. But in learning the value of ourselves and not understanding the ultimate aim of God, we can become mischievous. And in the name of blackness, raise a lot of hell, you see? Because in the process of growing up, we're just little children and we need to grow and we need room to grow and so we make mischief but God said I know what you know not I know what he's ultimately gonna be and that's why in the church you sing a song God ain't through with me yet because if he was we're in terrible shit now listen to this y'all all right I'm gonna get off this real deep spiritual thing in one minute Look, I want you to hear this from the Quran. After Allah makes Adam, listen to this. He then sends Adam to the angels to inform the angels of their names, to teach the angels. Did you, you didn't hear me. This is man now in the state when he's the glory of God. He teaches the angels. Think about that. And the angels can't answer Adam. Uh-huh. And Allah says in the Quran, Did not I say to you that I know what is unseen in the heavens and the earth? And I know what you manifest and what you hide. And so we said to the angels, Be submissive to Adam. Now wait a minute. Who is Adam? That God orders angels to make obeisance to him, to be submissive to him. He's a human being, but God is saying to the angels, bow to Adam, be his servant, be submissive to him. Then who are you 
if the angels are supposed to minister unto you, then who are you? Who are you? What should you expect from yourself and from these babies that come from your womb? Oh, brother, look. All of a sudden, the angels bowed to Adam except one of them. He was excessively proud. And he said, he refused. I'm not going to do that. Now, it's God telling him, bow. He said, ain't nothing happening. <laughs> now look. <laughs> now that's in the early chapters of the Quran. As we get into the seventh chapter called the elevated places, the same story is repeated, but another thing is added. When God said to the angel, bow, all of them bowed except Iblis. Iblis is that spirit of proudness that refused to obey God's order. Now look at what Iblis said. He said, I can't bow. God said, what hindered you? What hindered you when I commanded you? He said, I refuse because I am better than him because I am made of fire while he is made from dust. Now that is the basis of my talk. That is the basis of our problem. That is the spiritual disease of humanity. I am better because of some unique characteristic that singles me out and makes me different from my brother. I'm made of fire. He's made of dust. Who created fire? Who created the dust? How dare you attach more value to yourself than what God wants you to attach to yourself? So in the New Testament, Paul says, it is not good that you think more of yourself than you should. But all you have to do is be called out for some duty. I want you to be the chairperson. Oh, really? <laughs> I want you to be the president. I want you to be senator. Oh, this is the great singer. Oh, this is the basketball player. Oh, this is the great fighter. Oh, this is the mayor. Bless his heart. And all of a sudden, we walk different. We talk different. We posture differently. What's wrong with you? Well, you see... You see, I'm better. Come on, yeah. I'm the first black man. I'm the first to do this. I was the only one in my class. I, I, I am this. I am that. Who gives you the I to say I am? All right. All right. Who's I am? Are you talking about?
Listen. Now, give me this thing here. I don't have to shout so loud. It's going to come up. Yeah, fix this. <laughs> now, look. White folks have said in their heart, I'm better than you. And that is the making of the mind of Satan. Because when you think you're better, you seek privilege. You don't want equality. You don't want brotherhood. You want to outshine somebody so you can steal what belongs to God. His praise. I mean, if I'm touching you, don't, don't, be, Come on. don't feel bad, Come on. you know? Because see, white folks set you up to be messed up like this. And that's why none of us seem to get along well. White folks don't have to be around. We break up all our own organizations. Bust up the church. Bust up the mosque. Bust up the school. Can't get two of us to agree for long. What's the matter? What is your sickness? What is the disease? The white man, in his attitude, really feels better. Because he's white. He's been taught that way. From a little baby, he's been fed that. Poor thing. He got the mind of Satan. You didn't hear me. Come on. That's why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said he was a devil. He knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> Yakub taught the devils to do this devilishment. It's a teaching, an orientation of mind. White people have an orientation of mind that makes them think of themselves as more and others as less. And therefore, this has led to excesses where they mistreat other people and deprive them of their humanity in order to exalt themselves and make themselves God in our eyes. When the white man came to America, he saw these Indians, but he discovered you see, America. And as he discovered this place, full of Indians, and signs that black folk were here way before Columbus, he felt, I'm better if I'm going to take this. So he killed the Indians, drove them, Westward. Is that right? And took the land. Then he fought the British for freedom. And then he sat down and said, We, the people, we believe that all men are created and endowed by their with certain inalienable rights. 
who was he talking about? <laughs> he didn't mean you or me or Hispanics or Native Americans. He meant all whites are created equally. Do you agree? And that they are given the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but since they are white and you are black, they can justifiably take your life, your liberty, and deprive you of the pursuit of happiness and then justify because you are not human beings. Now what white folks don't realize is when they relegated us to subhuman by their philosophy of white supremacy, they put a limit on their own capacity to grow. And therefore they stopped, as the Bible puts it, at the level of a beast, at the level of a dragon, at the level of a serpent. Are y'all all right? You read the book of Revelations, Reverend? The war in the book of Revelations is between the Lamb of God and the great beast for them. The dragon, the old serpent, Satan, that deceived the whole world. See, he listened to his wit. He listened to his own desires, so he deceived and deluded himself, so he never got above the realm of a snake. So he makes a crooked path everywhere he goes. Paul said, it's in the book of Romans. <laughs> Jews and Gentiles, they are all under sin. There is none good. No, not one. Their mouth is an open sepulcher, and the poison of asps is under their tongue. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and the way of peace they have not known. This is Paul, not Farrakhan. The Caucasian raises hell everywhere he goes, crooked path. He come with his collar turned back, with the cross in one hand, the Bible in another, but a scheme in the heart. Listen to me. Listen to me. You in religion, but a religion ain't in you. Sorry about that. Church can't save you. You can't save yourself. You're in serious trouble because you have been deceived into thinking that all you got to do is have faith in Jesus and it'll be all right. You can be a whore. You can be a lesbian, a homosexual. You can be a brute and it's all right. All you got to do is believe in God, believe in Jesus. That's a lie. That's a lie, brother. There's more to it than that. Oh, I won't upset you. That's why Jesus said, there are many of you who say, Lord, Lord, draw nigh unto me with your lips. Yeah, yeah. 
but your hearts are far removed from me. He told the Jews that they were white and sepulchers. Huh? Look white and pure on the outside, but inside is dead men's bones. He called that mystery Babylon a, a golden chalice, looking purified on the outside, but built an abomination of every kind on the inside. And that's the way we are, dressed up in robes of divine, but on the inside abominations of every kind. That's the way the mosque is. That's the way the church is. That's the way all of these hypocritical things are. Brothers and sisters, I know this is a long way from what... But this is what the Spirit advises me to say tonight. And uh, I'm halfway through. But look. Look, brothers and sisters, please. The white people who set up this nation were sick people. Sick mentally. Sick spiritually. Sick morally. Are y'all all right? Now, wait, wait, wait. I'm not hateful. I'm just making a statement of fact, and I'll prove it in just a minute. Well, you're the proof of it. Just take a good look at yourself. You're sick. Why? They made you sick. God didn't create you sick. You were made sick. We were made sick. Now, follow me. The white man had an attitude of superiority. It hardened into a system of beliefs. And those beliefs then hardened, and out of that belief, he wrote his law, his constitution. And that law is the basic institution of this country. It's the constitution. And in that constitution, he legislated us into subhumanity. He bargained away our humanity in a compromise with the South. They wanted us to be represented in the voting even though we couldn't vote and we were property. And the North didn't want it, so they compromised for representational purposes that you and I would, three, would be counted as three-fifths of a human being without any due process of law. You understand? Now, while the founding fathers were writing the document, you and I were being held as slaves by many of the framers of the Constitution. You agree? It's historically true. Now, after the Constitution, look now, you have institutions that perpetuate your belief. All right. So you had churches. The church is infected with the poison of racism. The church makes devils. Oh, 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 Farrakhan, now you in the church. I can't help that. I want you to listen to me good. But please listen to me carefully. The white church 
It was an expression of the white church. Listen to me carefully now. I'm not trying to put down anything. The church is the last hope for the salvation of our people. I'm not talking down on the church or down on the pastor because I am one too. But I'm begging you to listen. Don't become upset. Let your emotion get in the way and then you misperceive what I'm saying. The white man made a church to justify what he was doing. And you know, in order to do something wrong, you gotta justify it. Have you ever done something wrong and tried to justify it? Now the reason I did that was because, you see, have you ever seen a policeman shoot a black man and in order to justify it say, oh, I saw a flashing thing in his hand and I thought he had a switchblade and I, I didn't ask questions, Your Honor, I just shot and I come to find out it was nothing, but Your Honor, it was justified. And they say justifiable homicide and let a murderer go. So whenever a man wants to do evil and whenever you want to do evil, you got to justify it to yourself in order to put your conscience to sleep. Y'all all right? So white folk had us in chattel slavery. How do you justify that? How do you justify taking my woman and raping her and giving her little bastard babies that are half white. How do you justify working us for nothing from early morning to late at night and holding back wages? How do you justify that? Well, you see, these are black people. They are the children of Ham. And you know, in the days of Noah, when Noah saved the members of his family, come on, come on with it. one of those children made mockery of Noah, and Noah cursed him, and God upheld that curse, and he was turned black, and he was doomed to be pure of wood and draw of water, and therefore a black folk to be our servants. They had to draw water for us, cook for us, fight for us. Because we are the blessed ones, you see, we are white. It didn't stop there. They went on and painted Jesus like that.
think about it. But God had a son. My, my. Come on. And when you see the son, you have seen the father. For the son is in the father, and the father is in the son. God and his son are one. Then they paint you a picture of the son, and he's a Caucasian. So he's telling you subtly, God himself is white. So all you niggas that want to go to heaven, that you pray hard, wash me, wash me white as snow. white folks because subconsciously it's like rebelling against the law. Y'all all right? The white man set up a school, and the school teaches you white supremacy. Our babies go there and they're ruined from little black sambo and, and snow white and the seven dwarfs and Goldilocks, and they know they ain't got no gold nor hardly any locks. And, Institutions. 
on a law called Constitution, which is the embodiment of their system of beliefs, which is white supremacy. They have also fed in you and me an attitude toward ourselves. And your attitude, your mental posture, your orientation of mind toward one another is one where you laugh at each other. You make mockery of each other. You don't want to uphold one another. You and I have a cold disposition toward each other. This is true. And you have that attitude that's hardened into a system of belief. And that belief says, which is your unwritten religion, that white is superior to black and that we black folk can't do anything right. And therefore, whenever a black man or woman tries to do something, we try our damnedest to pull it apart, to prove in our own mind that black can't do nothing. So if it's a black business, we walk by. If it's someone black in authority, if it's in the church, Reverend, they keep pulling at you till they tear you down. They magnify your sin and your fault because that's the way we've been trained to find fault and destroy one another. We've been trained that if one of us rises and gets a little honor, the jealousy, the envy in us make us want to tear the other brother down. I'm telling you, this is a habitation of devils. Mm-mm-mm. Boy, that part one. My Lord, that's a, that's a part one right there, man. Oh, that man, the, man, the minister. <whistles> Preston number one. If you, I know y'all got something to share. If you ain't got nothing to share from this, you weren't listening. I don't even know why you came on the Zoom this morning. If you ain't got nothing to press, come on, man. Number one, come on, go ahead and press the number one on the Zoom. If you have anything that you would like to share from this live, I would like to start. I'm going to start off. With that ending part that he talked about, man, it was so, I mean, the way that he put that, he said, uh, he says, what the white man has done is pretty much <clears throat> put a thought in us that get, that gave us the belief that white is better, white is superior, and black is inferior, you know, the great Muhammad Ali said that, uh, <clears throat> why is the, the angel fruit cake the white fruit cake and the brown or black fruit cake is the devil fruit cake? Why is it when you see a black cat, that's bad luck? You see, so you have all these different things. Why is it called blackballed? All negative things being associated with the black. But then he said this. <clears throat> Your belief, which is your unwritten religion. Wow. And I and I believed, I don't know if that was Brother Rashad, but he said you have to have, I don't know if he said you have to have belief in the faith or have faith in the belief. Man, that sounds like that's what it's saying. Because he's saying your belief, which is your unwritten religion. You can say what you, but whatever your belief is, that's your real unwritten religion. What your belief is on the side, on the inside. You can say <clears throat> the black man is God. You can say the black woman is a part of that. 
second self of God. She is God too. You can say we the original man, but if your belief is I'm nothing, if your belief is I'm 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 less than, if your belief is I'm really still a nigga, then that's your unwritten religion. I don't care what you write on your oh you writing on your letter. You coming to class and you I'm Muslim and I'm this I'm MGR. I'm dressing it, but your unwritten. Your unwritten belief is, I mean, I'm sorry, your unwritten religion is what you believe. And then he says, because of that unwritten religion, we find fault in one another, magnifying our sin, magnifying the fault. So many of us are acting a certain way, not even knowing this is a byproduct of how we was trained. This is a byproduct of what they was able to instill in us. We don't realize how when you got a brother who mess up, you got a sister who mess up, you don't act, you don't try to forgive them, you don't try to have no mercy. You going to magnify that. They do something good, you don't you don't just you don't magnify with the same energy as you do when they do something wrong. Oh, you don't you don't celebrate what they do good when when it's just as much as you put energy into when they do wrong. When they do wrong, it make you real mad. But when they do good, it make you kind of happy. See, something wrong with that. Where is that coming from? We don't know. Maybe coming from how we're trained, how we're thinking about ourselves and how we're thinking about others, which is why I said, man, if they can get a hold of our behind, boy, they show. I'm sorry, if they can get a hold of our mind, they show got, got our behind because it's the belief the subconscious mind, that self-image that leads to how you feel, that leads to how you how you think, that leads to how you do, which leads to the results. So in the book called uh, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, it says if you ever want to change the fruit, you have to change the root. And the root is the, is the belief system. The, 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 the root is the subconscious thinking in our mind. So <clears throat> let's see who we got up here. We got Brother Wesley. We got Brother Wesley up first. Hi, alaikum. Um, powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, I love this lecture. Um, what, what stood out the most to me was the clarity that was brought to us uh, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan about what took place in the Garden of Eden with Adam and him being considered dead at that time, operating from that lower nature. So though we may be alive, but you can be dead because you're not operating from your divine and, and how the minister brought out about where's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you, but it's buried under the junk pile. It's buried under the rubbish heap based off of our thinking, based off the actions that we have. We may proclaim to be believers in Jesus and be uh, following Moses and the Torah and 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 uh, following Muhammad and, and going with the Quran. But what are our actions saying? And do our actions align with what we say with our mouths? Really, as you were stating as well, that's that's that real true belief for yourself it, it, that you have for yourself is what you're doing when no one is looking. Just like we talk about like, in, integrity. Integrity is what you do when no one is watching. It's not what you how you dress in the, the lip profession and, and putting on the right garment. It's about what you do and how you think and how you exhibit that on a regular basis, which is what your true religion is um, as well. So I appreciate this clarity on that and, and, and bringing up how that perception of ourselves. Do we look at ourselves as garbage? And that's how we begin to project that on one another and seeing how low of a nature that we operate on when we see one another doing what we do and we find fault with it. And that's, that's really so true. Cause I had a situation happen when I was out soldiering uh, last week 
uh, a black a brother approached me wanting to sell his product. And before I can even get to what he had to sell, he came off from out the car. He said, yeah, that's why y'all y'all is out here pushing the paper. Y'all support black business. I'm like, in my mind, the first thing that came to my mind was like 80, 90 percent of my money go to somebody black, you know, but I, it's not for me to argue with you. But it's just that perception. Whatever you may have done with somebody else does not then make you want to just take whatever somebody just asking you a question about your product mean you don't want to support it. But we just so we don't we don't have the right belief in ourselves and we project so much of what negative thinking that we have of ourselves on others that we didn't blanket how everyone is that that may be black and, and, and look at them in a certain way and, and how they treat us. And we assume that this person is not going to support us just based off of them being black or whatever they may claim to believe. You think that they just like everybody else, but just understanding that we are in that low nature and we just have to really defeat and overthrow that black inferiority mindset. And we also have to work and strive to work to uh, defeat and overthrow that white supremacy mindset that we have and believing that everything that is white, white ice is coated in black ice and all these type of mentalities. So I appreciate this. And, and uh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Brother Daniel. Yes, sir. I don't think I ever heard this one before. So it's taken me a minute to just, uh, process what the father said it was so much in this he covered so much in such a short span of time um what's coming to my mind right now is when the minister said that devil or satan of self can't operate as long as god is present is when the the god or the man of god absents himself from your presence is when satan whispers when I heard that, what came to my mind was the importance of always keeping God on my brain. And it made me really think that when I have uh, fallen or made a mistake or sin or led sin, which was pardoned, then it's because I didn't keep the God conscious there. And then when that evil thought came, I didn't bring back up the God conscious. I began to use what was posted in the chat, deceptive intelligence. He actually answered the question I had when he said that part of the nature is this tendency to rebel. But then when he brought up the young lady and how she said she didn't know her mother didn't teach her this, he said, no, it's in your nature. But out of the fear of being removed from this society, she began to use that deceptive intelligence to cover. Didn't nobody have to teach her that either. All that was happening on the inside. So it, it, I'm going to have to come back around after I hear some of the great students speak because it's just so much in this. I really don't even have formulated enough thought to even comment on this powerful message. Thank you. Yes, sir. Brother Timothy. Salam alaikum. Thanks, Salam. Uh, touching back on what he said about Adam, I wrote a little bit of notes. Uh, Adam was fed the life of Allah, given the breath to do right by his creator, meaning he was gifted with the potential to be a God, with the potential to be a God, doing right by our divine creator, being told what to do and given the blueprint, yet still fell short like many of us have, dying spiritually but awake, existing but not living, eyes open but yet still blinded. But Allah being most forgiven doesn't give up on us and continues to gift us if we go down the right path, worshiping him only, 
our creator only, and be seeking help and guidance from the divine one. If you feed the mind, the minister said, and the soul, you will raise a God. Allah is the protector of those who believe and follow, but who, who reject Allah have no protector. Never think I'm better than you. We all need reminding. In the book of Mark, it says it takes all of us doing the work together as a team to build the kingdom of God. There are no big eyes or little U's. He says you're in religion, but religion is not in you. To those that confuse truth with falsehood. So ever since I came across the teachings, I've been trying to apply the teachings, understanding the teachings more. And this being on the power call, dang near getting me close to, you know, getting into the ministry. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to stay as solid on the ground as I walk on. I want to be able to be able to talk to people about what I'm what I'm learning and teach them properly so that they can understand just as solid as the concrete that we walk on. So that's pretty much what I got from the lecture today. Assalamu alaikum. Sister Farah. Uh, me? <laughs> it's Sister um, Farah. I'm sorry. Sister Farah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I'm sorry for the noise in the background. So, what stood out to me was when he was speaking on whatever you do. Um, whenever you want to do evil, you have to first justify it within yourself in order to put that consciousness, that consciousness to sleep. Um, you have to kill that God within, that voice of God within, um, that self-accusing spirit. Um, every time you want to do evil, and that right there is proof that righteousness is in our very nature. You know, we are Muslims, one who submits to do the will of Allah by nature. You know, no one had to teach us to feel guilty when we steal, lie, or cheat. You know, it's already within us, which is why when we commit these acts, it just feels wrong because we were created to do right. Um, a lot of our behavior and way of thinking uh, was like Brother Ben said, um, this is a byproduct of what was able uh they was able to instill in us. Um and Brother Ben was also saying, uh, you don't magnify what a brother or sister does of good as much as you put energy into what they do wrong. And um something is definitely uh wrong with that. And I feel like that stems from uh the enemy teaching us, you know, to hate one another. So, you know, we we be on the sidelines hating whenever, you know, our brother and sister um, achieve something that uh, we might not have. Um, it's, you also, Brother Ben also mentioned, uh, yeah, if you ever want to change the fruit, you have to change the root. Um, he's also said that the root is that subconscious mind, uh, that subconscious thinking in our mind. And um, this is why I feel like auditing is so important. I'm starting to see every day uh, why the minister recommended we use that as a tool because it forces us to look within ourselves and our past and identify those triggers, just, you know, lingering in our subconscious mind that 
we have no idea is causing us to behave a certain way um, whenever those triggers are enacted. All right, that's all I have to say. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. <clears throat> Sister Yasina. Assalamualaikum. So mine was um, when the minister talked about when he said in, in Adam all die, but in Christ all come alive. You're alive, but you're functioning from the underworld. You don't know divine woman, divine man. That was just a, it was a actually I, I look for reminders for myself. So it was a reminder for me. Um, to stay on the path that I'm on, to allow Christ to come alive within myself by following the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because we are in the uh, we are living in the underworld, but just as you know, like the phoenix, though we. Though we may turn to ashes in Christ, we can come alive and we can rise from those ashes, you know. So that was just a right reminder for me to, without becoming egotistical, to see the remember to see the God in myself, regardless of faults that I see within myself, regardless of faults that others may try to highlight of me for their uh, of me of their own whatever they have in their mind to focus on the god within and the and with that it was also when he said that you and i have a cold disposition towards one another when we are growing in god consciousness Whatever our brothers and sisters do of good, that's a celebration, especially with us coming up out of the hells of slavery. Whatever we do of good, that's a testimony of what God is doing to us as a people. And like the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teach us that just because one of us rises, while it is good until we've risen as a whole, then the work still needs to be done. There's still more work needs to be that needs to be done, but we should celebrate one another's uh, accomplishments, celebrate what it is, whatever it is Allah has brought us into this world to do, and we help one another. You know, and when we do that then we are representing and we're answering the question in Malachi in the third chapter where the question is asked, will a man rob God? And then it says, you know, how? In tithes and offering. So if we're giving good tidings, glad tidings, and we're giving good offering and we're offering the best of ourselves to the world and we're offering the best of ourselves to one another, then we could answer that question. No, we won't rob God. We'll help the God, the God within, the God without, 
and Master Farad Muhammad. Assalamualaikum. <clears throat> well, like salam. Somebody on Facebook said, uh, why don't y'all tell Muslims that the crescent moon was taken from the white man? Uh, listen, y'all, everything you see on YouTube is not real. Just because they can hit publish and upload, it don't mean that it's true. Okay. There's no, the white man wasn't even in existence when the crescent moon was showing up there in the sky. Okay. <laughs> he, he only been here a little over 6,000 years. The sun, moon, and stars. Did no white man put the sun, moon, and stars up there? That represents freedom, justice, and equality. There is no way in, yeah, hell or heaven that we can get any uh, star, sun, moon from the white man because he wasn't even in existence. Okay. So I know, I know you got the YouTube videos. They, they got the conspiracy videos. They going to show you all. Oh, well, see, look at the way that the hat is up there. And then look at the way Trump hand is in the minister. He got to say, I seen one dude do a video. Trump had, he was teaching like this. And doing this, he found a picture of the minister doing the same thing. As we all do and we talk. See, look, he got his hand like that. And then look at his hand. See, it's all he working for. I'm like, oh, my good. And people just be eating it up. So listen, man, I know you're on them YouTube videos and, you know, they sounding deep. Listen, man, there's no white man that can put no sun, moon, nor star up there in the sky. Okay. All right, let's go to Sister Randisha. family. So a few things that stood out was when the minister was um talking about us thinking that we're better than each other. So I went and, you know, Jesus told a story to some people who thought they were better than others. And this is just short, but Jesus told a story to some people who thought they were better than others and who looked down on everyone else. Two men went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood over by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not greedy, dishonest, and unfaithful in marriage like other people. And I am really glad that I am not like the tax collector over there. I go without eating for two days a week. I give you one-tenth of all I earn. The tax collector stood off at a distance and did not think he was good enough to even look up toward heaven. He was so sorry for what he had done that he pounded his chest and prayed, God, have pity on me. I'm such a sinner. Then Jesus said, when the two men went home, it was the tax collector and not the Pharisee who was pleasing to God. If you put yourself above others, you would be put down. But if you humble yourself, you'll be honored. So I just think about when the minister said, you know, we didn't rise up out of heaven. We rose up out of hell. And <clears throat> I think about the gospel song, you know, is that a saint is just a sinner that fell down. And sometimes we're so able to condemn our brother or our sister for the faults they have made, but we show no correction in it. And I just think about that is how, um, you know, and Willie Lynch, the making of a slave, like these, um, the technology has been taught and has been carried on and on. As I think about when the minister was talking about, you know, us and racism, like everything that is white is right and everything that is black is not. <clears throat> when we, me and my son go out, it's always a little white girl that's willing to show him something, you know, 
and it's always the white parent that comes to me and you know talks to me of course I have my headpiece etc but you know like they scope out these things in our children from small and their parents teach them certain things you know most white women are with basketball players etc etc but for example me and my son was out the other day and he likes the foot right he likes gymnastics and a little white girl came over and was like well, Rasul, would you like for me to show you how to do a backflip? And he was like, no, not right now. He just so so cool. But he's just telling her no right now in my head. I'm like, oh, no, my son can't bring home a white girlfriend. But in all reality is, you know, it's just certain things that I just pray for. And a lot like I don't try to be racist with it, but I just pray that Allah just help me overcome certain things as well. So I saw him leave him. Well, like, salam. see. Thank you, Sharon. Brother Charles. As-salamu alaykum, Brother Ben. Alaykum Yes, uh, I want to speak on uh, when the minister was uh, talking about the serpent that's w- within us. Uh, I was I was a brother that was in denial. For, I was a real grudgeful brother. And uh, I was in denial to the point where I didn't, I didn't think I had a a serpent that bad that was in me, but obviously it is. So I've been in the mosque since September. I'm at MM5. And uh, it's really helping me deal with my problems and things I had been through. Because before I came to the mosque, I was at the point where I was just finna just give up on us Black people as a, as a people. And I thought I probably needed to go to... Uh, to like a, a, a white doctor or mental health or see what was wrong with me. But as I see through the teachings, Minister Farrakhan is the is the best doctor for all of us black people. And uh, since I've been in the teachings and listening to the prior call, I'm in a much better place, but I'm still striving every day to, to, to kill that serpent within me. That's all I got. As-salamu alaykum, sir. Wa alaykum salam. Sister Shalon. Yes, sir. Greetings. Okay, that was that was a beautiful testimony, brother, you just gave. Okay, so I bear witness, as I'm sure others do, when the minister said, especially personally for me, when he talked about feeding your mind and how the mind grows. I remember a few years ago finding out how traumatized my mind was and I started feeding and I started finding out how childhood occurrences really can affect one's mental space. So once I came into that knowledge, I knew I immediately had to focus on healing my mind, which absolutely has allowed my mind to grow. I remember I was unable to really speak because I had muted myself, feeling like I wasn't good enough. I was so intimidated by listening at others speaking, and I couldn't speak as well as others, so I didn't talk much. And I didn't, I felt I didn't even know much to talk about. So once I started feeding my mind, gaining knowledge, and following you, Brother Ben, wherever you've gone with all the knowledge and the mental space and the mental growth that you input in us, that you help us to get with everything that we're learning from what you bring to us, it has astronomically done wonders for my mindset growth. And it continues to help that serpent 
of self that the minister said is always listening. Constant, constant, constantly feeding my mind and growing has been just, has done wonders for me. I'll, I'll share just that right now. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for sharing. Sister Sandra or Sandra? Assalamu alaikum. Hi. I'm just trying to get myself off mute. Uh, these testimonies this morning are really sensational. My God, I can't believe it. I can't believe this uh, whole session today in the power call. This is awesome. I wish I could put it all in a little basket, put a big bow on it and sit it right out in front of the doorstep just before the mosque opened. <laughs> I really do. It's so exciting for me to see this testimony and hear this testimony about how some people can just be too um, into themselves because of their uh, ranks, you know, uh, what they've been given, uh, the titles, a bachelor having these degrees and thinking they're so superior from from one another, when they can use all of those things that their their capabilities to to bring another sister and brother up and teach them, you know, you can teach someone and give them some of your knowledge. You know, pass some of this knowledge on to your brother or sister. That's all they need is help and give them more wisdom. And, you know, that gives them a sense of having love, you know, someone cares, someone love they can appreciate you for. And, and having a pure heart, soul and mind, you know, your uh your 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 uh oneness with God, the God within is working you out, you know, to to force you. Those those forces can push you into showing more love to your brothers and sisters. That's the only way uh we all can have something. Not being hostile and just being all into self and you know, we can't accomplish anything being that way. And there's so many people that are like that in the mosque uh, because they've gotten a position and they ignore it. We're not to be ignored. Let someone else, even a new person, come into the mosque and you, you put them to the test. Sister, let me hear you close us out. And that makes a person feel like a human being. And some people will say, uh, you know, you will see this certain person uh, closing out all the time. Let this other person show you that they've been studying and they're part of you too. As-salamu alaykum. Alaykum Sister Shelby. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. 
Um, this is my first week on the app, and Tuesday I think was my first time on the on the call. Um, the minister said a lot today that that really touched me. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for most of my adult life, and I came from a really really small town. Um, first person that graduate high school in my family to go to college. Um, so I left the, the little small area. So a lot of what he was saying about how we don't think highly of each other, I've personally had to deal with that um, a lot in my life, mainly from family more so than anybody else. Um, and then in, in business, it's like we, there are a lot of us out here who have the title of, of business owner, but not too many people are actually doing business. And, um, it's kind of disheartening, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm always going to speak with my people. And that's part of the reason why I'm here to, uh, connect with more people who are like-minded, who uh, can identify with the God inside of them and, you know, utilize it to, to grow and, and be better. Um, I've been on the, I grew up Christian, Southern Christian, went to church every Sunday, um, Bible study during the week, like, you know, we lived at the church. And was raising my children in, in church as well. And then I realized that a lot of the principles just didn't apply to us anymore. So I broke away to really become spiritual and uh, get a connection with God. I know it might sound strange. People say, well, you went to church your whole entire life and, you know, I still was not connected with God. I have a true connection now. And it, it it feels it feels great to really be connected and not just going to a house of worship and reading over some words and not really understanding what's going on. So um I just like I said, just grateful to be to be in the space. I wanna encourage more of you guys to to think highly of yourselves to know that we all have gifts on the inside of us. The only thing you have to do is be willing to unlock. And that's what separates, you know, most of us from the people that we think are, are great or maybe better than us is they were just willing to unlock the God inside of them and where most people just aren't willing to. So just grateful for, for the conversation today. And um, that's pretty much it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And thank you for being on the power call for the first time this week. Brother Daniel. Yes, sir. Uh, the other thought that's coming to me, great brother, is uh, when the minister said that when he mentioned the angels and how the angels questioned Allah that he would make a people who would call the mischief of shedding blood. And he said that's in the infancy of that people, but in the final analysis, 
they will answer questions and, and have wisdom that even the angels don't have. It made me think about there's a difficulty factor attached to anything of value and how that the process we're involved in is so heavy that we would experience the greatest propensity of the brown germ or the Satan within because we are gaining a knowledge that nobody else has. So he mentioned how we go from, from sperm to egg and then we grow into a human being. And he said that our path is just like that. We are to grow into oneness with Allah. Oneness with Master Father Muhammad, the perfect God. So looking at all that, that wisdom that he shared, it just made me realize that naturally when we experience the evil of self, the shortcomings, the fall, the rises and all of that, it would be great. It would be very, very hard because we are subject to receive that which no people have received before us. And lastly, we won't get recognition and praise for nothing we're doing. And we shouldn't look for it because the minister taught about how that first verse in Al-Fatiha, praise be to Allah, that's it. Because the things that we have to go through as original people, nobody understands us but God and his exalted Christ and now the minister, the honorable minister of Farrakhan. So we won't get it. The Jesus is not getting it. People are singing Hosanna, but in the end they sing and crucify him. So even with all the good that he did, Allah says in the Holy Quran, they, they just clapping, whistling, clapping hands. Go ahead, man. But in the end, many won't be there to really pick their cross up and willing to walk through the crucifixion with Jesus. So only thing we should be looking for is the Allah saying, go ahead, job well done. Other than that, we just have to keep working. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Brother Marcus. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, sir. This uh this is a powerful lecture. Great selection, brother Ben. Great selection. You know, if I could sum up Islam and basically what all our teachers have taught us throughout throughout the years, throughout the century, I would sum it all up to peace. I would sum it up to uh humility. What stood out to me in this lecture was when the minister, when the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan pointed out Iblis's fall his fall due to pride. The minister pointed out the ascension in the Holy Quran. If you go to Surah 7 and read verse 12 and 13, it says, he said, what hindered thee that thou didst not submit when I commanded thee? And then Iblis responded, he said, I am better than he. Thou hast created me of fire, while him thou didst create of dust. And then 13 goes on to say, then go forth, God speaking, then go forth from this state, for it is not for thee to behave proudly therein. Go forth therein, surely thou are of the abject ones. So basically, he got cast out. That was part of his fall. And if you go to the Bible, Proverbs 16, two verses 18 and 19, we all are familiar, or most of us should be familiar with this one, where it says, quote, 
pride goeth before destruction and a haunty spirit before fall. So my whole point is for the righteous students of God who are striving to ascend into the mind of God must remain humble, must know how to rise above emotion, especially, you know, the emotions of a fiery temperament. You know, quickly get angry, pushed out of shape, going off all the time, ready to pull up on somebody. You know, we crazy. We live in a crazy, crazy world. Oh. But, you know, there's another way and it's found in humility. Humility to the obedience to the obedience to God's will is the proper receptive state that we must be in to become a God. You know, it's like if I can give an analogy, it's like when you when you look at a lake of water, a still lake of water can reflect the heaven. It can reflect the surface or whatever's above it and around it better than if it's agitated and something is moving it around. That's a state of peace. That is a state of humility. So uh, I would just say that for now. And uh, that's what came to mind. And thank you very much. Salam alaikum, layoff family. Walaikum salam, Sister Vanessa. Sister Vanessa, are you there? All right, brother Anton. Salam alaikum. This um this lecture, you know, where the minister uh spoke about the um not eating of that tree and the whole the whole aspect of um being disobedient, it always uh makes me think about how the ability is it the ability to make choices that Allah was trying to tell us to stay away from or um the force where we can we can uh, make choices or will because because if we wasn't able to make choices and we could only be obedient to Allah and his word and what he command us to do, then we would always have peace and always be in submission and always um, be moving along the line of um, wisdom. But by us being able to make choices, so I make a choice and I choose to do what Allah tell me don't do. And it takes me down a path of negativity and headaches and drama and all the extras it just make me think about if we didn't have the ability to make choices with that had you know kept us more along the lines of always being in submission and never disobeying a lot like how like how the birds certain aspects of creation they really can't make choices like you know I done heard somebody say a a bird can't say, I don't want to be a bird. I don't want to fly. But we got the choice. 
we met, we got the choice to say, I don't want to be a human today. I want to get on all fours and crawl around like a dog. So it just always makes me think about, is it the ability to choose that Allah was telling us initially to stay away from? Yes, sir. That's a good point. That's a good point. Our student minister said, yeah, we got the choice to get up in the morning and say, you know what? I don't want to do it today. Animals, the bees, they all got their aim and their purpose and they are in submission. The sun can't say no. The, the, the moon, they have a law, um, you know, that they are under, that they're following <clears throat> to, um, you know, that governs their affairs, which is kind of like how, uh, you know, Brother Malik gave that gave that analogy or that story about like a uh, a roller coaster, you know, uh, and how the earth has a wobble, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, but because it is under a law and is submitting to the law, we don't feel the wobble. We don't feel it's it it turning on its axis, as we're taught. So. Um, that's our life. We walk with a wobble. And when we are in submission to the will of God, that's what, uh, that's what allows us to stay in place. Although we have a wobble and we are in, you know, imperfect. So what that has to do with the six flags in the roller coaster is that when we get on that roller coaster at six flags, uh, there is a law that says you must put that bar down. You know, there is a law that says, you know, you can't, you can't, we can't even take off unless somebody come and check that bar and make sure that it's all the way down. In fact, you want to make sure <clears throat> that somebody comes through and check and make sure that bar is all the way down. Because you know that this law is in place not to harm me, but to keep me in check and keep me alive and keep me in the place that I'm that I'm in. So when we are looking at the laws of God, this is not so that we can't have fun. This is not so that we can't, you know, live life. You know, this is these are laws that's going to protect us and keep us in place in such a wicked world that's going to have a constant pull on us. So when we are on that roller coaster and we take off Man, on that big Texas, man, you take off and you going up and you going up, you going up, boom, you coming down. Then you're going to go sideways. Then you're going to go upside down. Well, that is the same way with our own life. Man, we can be up today and down tomorrow. Boy, we, we can be riding smooth at one point. Then our whole life just turned upside down. But as long as we got that bar down, as long as we got that bar that holds us in place, although we on a rocky roller coaster. Man, we can be thankful for that law. We can be thankful for that bar in the end. We don't feel, now if you're a little older, overweight, you may, but we don't feel, you know, constraint. We don't feel, oh man, I just feel like I'm just being suppressed. Mm-mm. You thankful for that bar. And, and, and really in reality, as we get older, we get, we become thankful. We become thankful of the law of God. Man, I, man, I, I sure, sure wish I can do this and do that, but man, it sure kept me out of trouble. Mama used to tell me, be at home before that street light come on. My friend's still outside playing football, throw up tackle, hide and go seek. Man, I sure wish I can be out there. Then you learn one of them got killed. 
And you learn one of them got kidnapped. You learn one of them, and then you become thankful for the law that mama and daddy has set up in place. So that's a great point, man. It, 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 we, we have the ability to say, no, I don't, don't want to submit today. And that's what causes our life to be out of balance, out of whack, because we're not submitting to that law that kind of puts in place our wobble that we have. Let's go to Sister, Sister Trippetta. Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to Brother Roosevelt. You can hear me, Brother Ben? Yes, sir, I can hear you. Welcome to the Power Call. Yes, sir, it's an honor to be in the presence of all of the marvelous believers. Man, y'all keep me lit every morning. Um, This lecture is an antidote or what you would call something that helps the believer to properly handle the next believer who goes to a trial. Because when we think we're better than one another and a believer falls under trial, which we're going to be tried severely twice a year, but when that believer falls or just something happens in their life and they no longer come into the mind, you know, when we see them, we can become a deterrent or we could become an encouragement when we don't carry I'm a better than you attitude because I didn't fall off. I didn't go through nothing. I'm here. You know, so this lecture, man, is so powerful. So it gives us that ability to be able to look at so many biblical stories on how to not think we are better than one another. You know, the minister is constantly giving us what we need so that our nation can endure. So, brother, I'm just grateful for you picking such beautiful lectures so that I can continue to build my immune system mentally. And um, I love y'all. Let's let's just keep it. Keep keep eating. <laughs> you know, just keep eating. Don't, don't ever stop eating. You have a right to overindulge in this kind of mental food. So I appreciate you, brother Ben. I appreciate the believers for sharing the different vantage points. And let's keep up the work. And inshallah, I'll see everyone at Savior's Day. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Yes, sir. Sister Yolanda, we're going to end off with Sister Yolanda. Assalamu alaikum and happy Savior's Day. Happy Savior's so, Day. So, I would like to thank you for this espresso shot that you gave me this morning on this here power call and all the other believers in their contributions with the comments. Um, two things stood out for me that our nature tells you what you're doing is wrong, which is that still voice that I hear when I want to go left. But he said, no, stay focused in the center, but I want to go left. No, stay focused, my child. And with that one, our problem is right within ourselves. So in me, Hearing both of those two right there, I said, wow, okay, I'm my own problem. I don't want to lean toward the minister mentioned that uh, your unwritten religion is what you believe. So let me not go to that unwritten thing. Sometimes for me, it's that gen inside of me. It's not even a belief for me, but that's 
something that I want. I don't really need it, but I don't want. I desire a thing. So let me listen to that still voice inside of myself and stay in the middle, upright as best I can. And it falls in line with something I heard Minister Ishmael say. Um, even in my day-to-day and my movements about whether I'm at work, whether I'm at the mosque, and I see something that kind of looks crooked to me. He mentioned, ah, uh, oh, I forgot what he said. But nevertheless, Minister Ishmael mentioned to never let my anger create bitterness in me. So along, I know what it was, with the white man, this is how we were trained to think or see, looking at the fault in our brothers and sisters. Let me not go there. Because again, it goes back to me. Let me dig inside of me. What is my issue? Yes. That's really not the issue, but what's my issue? Let me let me go inside of myself. So I we're gonna get into study guy 17 with that one. And it was just like, wow, I wanted some coffee this morning, but no, you just gave me a great espresso shot that just woke me up because I sure was sleepy. But it's it's a wonderful thing to be on here. Um I look forward to seeing everybody at Savior's Day, learning the process of value and not understanding the ultimate aim. And I'm going to leave with this. And he said, learning the process value and not understanding the ultimate aim of the God. I am striving to continue to be in a mission of the resurrection of our people. So even though I see something that looked a little weird to me, let me go back to the aim in which I am supposed to be resurrecting our people, no matter how, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad it sounds. Let me rise above emotions into the thinking of God and continue to build them because I'm no better than that person. Theirs may be outwardly, but mine may be behind the scenes. So I have no right to put no type of judgment or, you know, based upon what I'm seeing with my physical eye because they can't see me. I'm no better than you, 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 and you. So happy Savior's Day, believers. As-salamu alaykum. <clears throat> Wa alaykum salam. All right, family. So this was only part one. This is only part one. So make sure y'all come back in the morning. Inshallah, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Central Time for part two. Uh, and, and again, make sure y'all share this out with your friends and your family. This thing should be doubling every week. Uh, not not because of me, but because you getting a word from my minister that is that is obviously uplifting us, that's obviously touching us and helping us. So if you can get one person to come on every man, I'm, I'm, man, come on nine a.m. in the morning, just click on the link, come on the Zoom, man. This thing can get at a hundred, then we'll be at two hundred. If everybody just get one person, you just can y'all get one person for tomorrow. Let's let's do a challenge, okay? We're gonna do a challenge. It's 50 people on here. Can all 52 of y'all that's on the Zoom get one more person to come on the live with you and just watch? You ain't, they ain't got to join. They ain't got to be praying and all that. Just say, hey, I just want you to come watch. I just want you to come tune in and give me your feedback. That's it. 
they ain't, if they don't want to come on camera and speak, they ain't even got to do it. But I challenge y'all to just get, if this is, now if y'all say, man, this ain't really that helpful for me, then maybe you ain't got to do it. But for those who say, man, these power calls be, man, just get one person to come on with you and learn so that we can reach our people and, and, and resurrect them and raise them up. So I thank y'all for listening, family. Inshallah, again, I'll see you guys in the morning, 9 a.m. Central Time. Brother Ben here. Brother Ben. Now Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.